Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Onion Unlimited podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Torridan. I've just had the absolute best comment ever on my Onion Unlimited podcast over on YouTube. From someone called Francis Henry, in all caps, it says, Shame on you. Don't weaken the loyal brothers and sisters who are faithfully sticking to Jehovah and is helping him to fight and is fighting along with him in the nasty, fierce, vicious and desperate battle that the devil and forces of evil are waging against God and good. Leave them alone. Not only capital letters all the way through there, but also lots of exclamation marks. Francis, it would seem, is a little bit unstable. Either that or his caps lock has got stuck. But it just struck me that any so-called loyal brothers and sisters who are faithfully sticking to Jehovah and is helping him to fight and is fighting along with him, won't be listening to my YouTube channel. It's very clear that my YouTube channel is an apostate channel. So any so-called loyal brothers and sisters won't be visiting me. So Francis, you can calm down, take a chill pill. Everything's okay. There are no loyal brothers and sisters listening to me. Only people that are already out or are thinking of getting out of the cult. Just something else that struck me when I read that as well is how culty it sounds when witnesses start talking about the vicious and desperate battle that the devil and forces of evil are waging against God and good. Forces of evil. I've been out of the witnesses now for getting on three years and I've been in this position before back in 2006 to 2009. And yes, there are evil things, bad things that happen in the world. But this idea of forces of evil waging war against God is somewhat of a myth. I've never seen it. I've never seen forces of evil particularly interested in waging a war against an invisible, non-existent God. And the idea that there is a desperate battle going on with the devil leading it is not something I've seen. In general, most people in the world are decent folks, and then you get a few bad ones. But if you ask them why they're bad, they don't generally say that they are waging a war against God (laughs) or that they're on the side of the devil. They just don't. That is just something that is a cult idea within the cult itself, Jehovah's Witnesses. And the idea is to create this us and them, this idea that Jehovah's Witnesses are the truth and everything is light and bright and wonderful within the organisation and everything outside the organisation is bad and evil and ruled by the devil. But, you know, for the most part, people in the world, they don't even believe in the devil, most people. And they certainly don't think that they're waging a war against God and good. Most people in the world are pretty good folks, actually. So, Francis, that comment basically fell on deaf ears, I think. And I've posted it on Twitter just to see what some of my Twitter friends think to your rantings and ravings, which really don't present you in a particularly good light. Moving on, I want to talk about tattoos for a moment. Of course, as a Jehovah's Witness, you weren't allowed to have a tattoo, but uh, once you leave the organisation, many people 
go and get a tattoo. I may get a tattoo myself at some point. Not sure yet. But uh, just something that struck me today was why are tattoos permanent? You see, every cell in our body or nearly every cell in our body replaces itself. I believe brain cells don't replace. Once you lose a brain cell, that's it. And certain nerve cells don't replace. But generally speaking, cells that make up your tissue and your skin and so forth, they replace themselves and over a period of uh, several years, you end up a completely new person with a completely new body. So why is it that when you have a tattoo, it remains forever? That struck me as rather odd. So I did a little bit of research into this and it seems that the French have found the answer. French researchers have found that immune system cells called macrophages eat the ink. And then when they die, they actually pass it on to their replacement cells. Isn't that interesting? So in the past, it was thought that tattoo ink stained certain cells that were known as fibroblasts. But the French team have found that there is no evidence of coloured fibroblasts. The ink simply doesn't get taken up by the fibroblasts. Instead, they found that it's these macrophages that take up the ink. And when they die, they pass it on to fresh macrophages. Another reason I find this rather interesting is when it comes to removing tattoos, it may be possible for lasers to be able to take off the unwanted tattoo by activating other immune cells that would carry the ink away. Apparently, macrophages on the dermal level, the skin level, don't actually move around the body like some other immune cells do. So the trick might be to get some other immune system cells that do wander around the body to grab the ink and carry it off, maybe to the lymph nodes, which would then be carried off in lymphatic fluid. So I found that rather interesting. I thought I'd just share that with you. That's the reason why tattoos are generally permanent and it could provide a new way of getting rid of those unwanted tattoos that we regret ever having had. Something else I've been reading about this week is ants, and in particular ants and bees, and the way that ants treat bees that die. Some years back, in June 22nd, 2020, there was an article on tree hugger showing ants around a bee that was resting on a pile of flower petals. And to all intents and purposes, it looked as if the ants were having a little funeral for their bee friend, a little funeral pyre made up of flower petals. Now, of course, funerals are something that are fairly uncommon in the animal world. There are a few mammals that seem to have funerals for their dead loved ones elephants I'm thinking of and of course humans but it's rarely been seen with for example ants and yet here we see ants seemingly surrounding a dead bee with flower petals and carrying out a little funeral but is that actually what's going on one theory suggests that the ants might actually be burying the bee in flowers to mask its smell apparently both ants and bees give off a compound called oleic acid when they die 
and this allows the ants to identify when one of their brothers or sisters has passed away so that they can come along and deal with the body. And apparently bees also give off oleic acid, so it could just be that the ants smell the dead bee and come along and fancy a little nosh on the uh, on the bee and so they bury it in flowers in order to mask the smell so that other potential predators don't come along and eat their supper it could be that or it could be something as simple as the bee just happened to die right on top of the ants nest entrance and the ants bringing home all their flower petals just suddenly find that there's a a bee in the way so they drop their petals around the bee and start eating the bee in order to get into their nest the reason i mention this is that the article in tree hugger said that it was not something that had particularly been seen in nature before and yet one of my twitter followers someone called sophie claire has posted a picture of a bee surrounded by petals sophie says i've put twitter back on my phone specifically to show you these circular arrangements of petals i found around multiple dead bees if you're a scientist who knows what the hell is going on please tell me That's all for this time. Thanks for joining me again. Join me again soon. Bye for now.